Welcome to the Gathered Truths Podcast. My name is Jen Yaki. Join me each week as we create this sacred container for discovery and healing, a place where you are invited to safely inquire, contemplate, and explore the paths of wellness, awareness, and truth. Together, we will listen, breathe, learn, and grow so that we can show up for ourselves, our families, and our communities. Welcome to Gather Truths. Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's podcast. I hope that you are well. And if you're not, that's okay too. This too shall pass, as they say. Um, so I just returned back from a retreat. I was on retreat with 39 different women. I'll get into that in a second, because that was a big number for me. And I went with, uh, I found this retreat, um, two women out of Canada. They have a uh, organization called She Recovers. You can find them on the web sherecovers.co. They're out of Canada, but they do a lot of things here in the U.S. And they are a uh, organization that really helps other women in recovery of all the things. So not just substance. And they are an amazing duo, a mom and a daughter, Dawn, Mama Dawn, and Taryn and Taryn Strong, and you can go to their website and check out all the things that that they do. Um, If you are considering um, recovery of any kind, um, they are such a great resource. And um, so I got to spend the weekend um, or five days with them and 39 other women. So I know Dawn and Taryn peripherally were acquaintances on social media, and I've been to um, an event with them and, um, I am going through their, uh, recovery coaching program and also their, um, yoga teacher training for, uh, recovery. Um, and so I'm looking forward to bringing all of that to gather movement and wellness. Um, hopefully in, it will be, uh, January of 2020. So looking forward to that. But um, so today I wanted to talk about connection, disconnection, reconnection, all the connections. Um, Because whether you're in recovery or not, I think that we all go through periods of disconnection um, from people, places, and things. And we try to find connection in people, places, and things. And we forget that the place that we first should look is within ourselves. So I, when I signed up for this retreat, it was because I turned uh, 50 this year and because I um, celebrated 10 years in recovery. And it just seemed like the perfect thing to do. And I was super scared because 
there were going to be a lot of people there that I didn't know. And I'm leaving my family, leaving my business, disconnecting, right? And no cell service um, at in our rooms. There was cell service at the, the uh, gatehouse and also at the barn. But I wanted to just mention and chat about the idea of connection and finding tribe and like-minded people and um, what my observations are uh, regarding that. Because as I said, I know that whether you're a new mom or you have had your children recently leave the house, you are recently um, divorced, you've had a major life event of some, t- some type, perhaps um, an illness. But when major life changes happen, um, it can be unsettling. It can be super unsettling. So let me just quickly start from the beginning. And I'll do this briefly. So when I got sober 10 years ago, um, I thought I just needed, well, I didn't know this, but once I stopped drinking, I thought that that was it. I thought that I would just stop drinking and everything would go back to normal and um, I would be a sober person in my old life. And I quickly somewhat quickly, realized that that was not going to be the case, that I could not be a a sober person and be doing the things that I was doing, hanging out with the people that I was hanging out with, um, frequenting the places that I was frequenting, and not because it was quote-unquote dangerous um, or um, that... um, I shouldn't be there. It was I didn't want to be there anymore. So when I when I stopped drinking and using the the people, places and things that I chose when I was in that place was not they weren't the people, places and things that I would choose as a sober person. And so that was a shift and and really what I have come to realize is that there was a grieving period that was not acknowledged, it was not properly dealt with. um, Because there was a loss of a lot of things, there was a loss of a a life that I had, whether it could be, you know, good, bad or ugly. Loss of relationships, again, good, bad or ugly. Um, And um, one of the things regarding my job was, I never, I separated myself at my job. So that really wasn't affected. So I never um, drank or used on the job. And for whatever reason, even um, throughout the time that I taught and played golf, I can probably count on my hand how many times, or on two hands probably, if I were to be honest, um, how many times I drank on the golf course. It just wasn't, those two things didn't ever Um, make sense to me. Um, And really, as I look back, um, the times that I did drink, they were toward the end of 
um, my using. And um, that's kind of when things started getting blurred, but never, never at work. So when I returned back to work, when I uh, was at work, it, it really wasn't that difficult, but I, I was dealing with a lot of um, emotional stuff because there was a lot of loss. And so um, over the last decade, what I realized is that the, the, the substance, the thing that I was using, the medicine, quote unquote, that I was using to numb myself and also to feel something, um, when that got taken away, I had a lot to look at. And, um, you know, you end up recovering from past hurts, um, from self uh, deprecation, self worth issues, um, codependence issues, you know, being reliant on people, using people, being manipulative. Um, so there were a lot of things to recover from. And, and at this retreat, we had 39 women that were recovering from all kinds of things. Um, some people from substance, some people from um, loss of a loved one, um, divorce, um, codependence, um, eating, food, uh, food issues. I mean, it ran the gamut, which is what I love about uh, She Recovers is that um, it involves all kinds of people and all kinds of things that we have used in order to uh, make ourselves, you know, feel better in the moment, which actually in the end disconnects um, us from ourselves. And that was, you know, a realization that took time. It took time that all those things that I was doing um, were taking me away from the thing that I actually wanted. I wanted connection. I wanted friendships. I wanted intimacy. I wanted all of these things. And I was doing the exact opposite to get those things. And so one of the things I love about retreats, and I've not been on um, many at all. Um, I've been on two this summer, and, and that has been a lot because I've had uh, Lucas, my son, and, and he's been eight, and so he's been my focus, and so I haven't taken time away um, during that, that time. And um, if you are in the throes of that right now, I suggest that if it's possible, you take that time and you don't have to take five days or two days. You can take a couple of hours, um, even an hour, um, to step away and take a deep breath. But as I was up there and in my room, I didn't have Wi-Fi and it took me a bit to disconnect from my device, to not have the knee-jerk reaction of, oh, I can't be still. Um, I have to be looking at something. Um, it took me a while to read a book. Once I got going, though, because I love to read, I'm a voracious reader, I was able to, um, to do that, to settle in and, and read my book. And so disconnection in that way, disconnection from disconnecting from devices, um, very helpful, very, very helpful. And you can do that at home. You can just say, you know, starting at five o'clock until eight o'clock the next morning, 
you put your phone on do not disturb. You and your family can decide that, you know, starting at five o'clock until eight o'clock the next morning, no devices. And you find something else to do, play board games, read. Last night, uh, our family sat around and we talked about the books that we had read and told little stories about the books we were reading. And this is not something that happens for hours on end, but it happens for 15 or 20 minutes. And that reconnects us to each other, which is extremely important, right? It's important in a marriage. It's important when you're relating to your kids. And so when I um, came back from the retreat, I wanted to bring all of Salt Spring Island back to my house, but you know, you go from 60 degrees to 115 degrees, and so you're not bringing the weather. We had somebody cooking for us, uh, farm to table. I'm not, I can't bring that home. But there were some things that I could bring home. And one of those was to um, eat differently. So pay attention to what my body needs. Um eating more vegetables, being mindful of the type of rice that I'm purchasing or the type of vegetables that I'm purchasing um, and knowing where it came from. Like that's really important to me. And that doesn't mean that, you know, I don't eat cake on my son's birthday. For me, I do. Um, But it's just being more aware of that. And the reason why is it really had nothing to do with my health, um, but it made me feel emotionally connected. Um, I love cooking and I get lazy and, and don't, but meal prep doesn't take that much. It's, it's easy to make a couple of extra cups of rice and put them in the refrigerator. It's easy to make an extra two or three cups of vegetables and put them in the refrigerator, et cetera, et cetera. So that was one of the things. The other things um, regarding connection was in our house, we, we turn off the phones at six and we turn them back on at, at seven in the morning or, or, or eight in the morning, uh, depending upon what's happening. And does that happen every day? No, it doesn't because something comes up at work or, A project needs to be done and it can't wait uh, until the next morning. So these are not rigid guidelines. They are fluid and, but we try to adhere to them more often than not to create that stability for Lucas. Um, And then another thing that I brought home was to read a physical book to not get on a device to read the book so that I'm not tempted to jump over onto some social media channel and um, bounce around that way. So, you know, in your life, maybe there are things that you love to do that you're not getting to do at the moment, but there are feelings or sensations or tastes or smells or sounds that you love about that place, about that place that you have been um, that you can bring into your home. So my friend Cassidy and I, on the same topic, Cassidy lived in Costa Rica for a decade, I believe. And recently she was saying to me, 
um, that she missed that. She missed that life. And I said to her, how can we bring Costa Rica to Southern California in the desert? And um, I thought that was a very interesting kind of foreshadowing as that happened before I went to um, Salt Spring Island. So think about the places that you love to be. Maybe it's a place in your childhood. Maybe it's, I remember one year I thought, you know, I really love Shavasana, which is final resting pose in yoga. And what do I love about that? Well, I love the stillness. I love the music. I love how my body feels relaxed. Um, I love how my mind seems to be empty. And so how can I create that on a regular basis, even a semi-regular basis every once in a while? And so trying to, to do things like that. So if that means showing up at soccer practice 10 minutes early so I can um, meditate or maybe playing a playlist that reminds me of a class that I took or a place that I was. All of those are really important. Your sensory doors are super important because they can really, all of them can transport you to a very peaceful place. And you know this because the opposite can happen. You can have, you can smell something, you can hear something, um, you can um, see something and it can, if it was a negative experience, it brings you right back to that place. And so it works the opposite way too, which is so amazing. So I hope that maybe this week you can think about a place that brings you peace and joy, um, that makes you feel connected to yourself, to your family, to your friends, if that's what you are wanting and maybe make a list of all the things that you love about that place. And then can you take one or two of those things and make them part of your daily life? And so when you do that, you are becoming more connected, more aware of your own life. You're paying attention. You're not on autopilot. You're living by intention rather than by default. And that's an amazing place to be. It makes you, it can make you a lot more present for what is happening around you. And it can make life incredibly more joyful, even when, you know, the sad and the, and the frustrating times come. And they will come because that's just life's fullness. Life's fullness is all of those things. There is no easy button. And it's how we navigate those things that are rough. And that colors our life experience. Um, so I wanted to say that if you are struggling right now in any way, if you are like I was and felt like, well, this is my life. I've, I'm just meant to be um, unhappy. I'm meant to be depressed. This is just who I am. Um, all this drama, all this strife, all these negative relationships, um, all this unhappiness, 
Um, this is just my life. This is my plot in life. If that is how you feel in any area of your life right now, please know that that is just not the case. It's just not. That there is solution. And if you are somebody that is struggling because you are using something to medicate um, how you're feeling, then I'm, I'm here for you. Um, you can always reach out to me and I can find a resource for you. Um, she Recovers can find a resource for you. There's so many people, so many amazing women um, that can help in lots of different ways. So I want you to know that that is available to you. And you don't have to continue um, blowing up your life and being unhappy um, consistently. And sometimes unhappiness is unhappiness and it's a, and it's a valid, it's a valid feeling and a valid state because there are some unhappy things happening. But I want you to know for sure, here's one thing that I know for sure. Take Oprah Winfrey's line. What do I know for sure? One thing that I do know for sure is that 95% of the time, the use of substances, the overuse of anything to, let me, let me put this a different way. Most of the time, using substances or people, places, or things is not the problem, if not all the time. That just is our medicine to make ourselves, quote unquote, feel better. And so when you take away that medicine, we have to get to the root cause of why we use that in the first place. What were we trying to gain? We were trying to gain connection. Were we trying to feel something? Were we trying to not feel something? But most of the time, when we overuse something, drugs, alcohol, technology, food, other people, gambling, all the big ones, right? But also the overuse of Netflix, like an occasional binge is okay. But if you're, you know, you're binging all the time on a regular basis, checking out, numbing out, you know, why, why are you doing that? And do you want to do something different? So as we finish up today, it's such a big topic and um, connection and disconnection and reconnection. And that part isn't easy either, reconnecting with yourself after you've disconnected. So that's an entirely different podcast. Um, but as we finish out today, let's just do a brief meditation, just connecting to ourselves. And sometimes that can be scary. Um, you're not sure if you want to do that. Not sure if you want to go inward a little bit, because if you do, you're afraid of, 
of what you might find. So here is my invitation. Keep your eyes open. Just stay with me for the next two or three minutes and keep your eyes open. Keep your feet on the ground. Keep breathing. So just, if you can, just sit upright wherever you are. You don't have to be rigid with your spine, just alert so your brain and your body know that you are doing something. And if it feels good, place your right hand on your heart center and your left hand on top of that and gently press into the chest like you're giving yourself a little bit of a hug where there's some pressure there to do that. And just being aware of yourself sitting, aware of yourself breathing, and if your eyes are closed or not, just do a brief body scan. So just notice your body from the top of your head to your toes or from your toes to the top of your head. And just notice any sensations, any tension Notice your body's temperature. Notice your breath as you inhale and exhale. Notice any sounds in the room. Notice any sounds outside of the space that you are in. Notice any smells. Maybe you have a diffuser going or breakfast, lunch, or dinner is being prepared. Notice if there's any taste in your mouth. Maybe you just brushed your teeth or you had a cup of coffee or something to eat. And then placing your left hand on your forehead, just the fingertips. And just checking in with any thoughts that you're having. And just bearing witness to those thoughts. So acknowledge what is being said. And you don't need to analyze it, compartmentalize it. Just notice it and let it go. And then notice any feelings that are present. Maybe they're feelings about the thoughts 
we were just having. And again, just bearing witness to them. Just let them be. Then moving your left hand back on top of your right. And take a big breath in through your nose. And then exhale with some sound through your mouth. And if your eyes were closed, go ahead and blink them open. And before you move around too much, just notice the quality of being in this moment. You might feel more at ease. You might feel more anxious. This does not mean that you can't meditate. It just means that we come back tomorrow or later in the day and we keep practicing. Thank you so much for joining me today. And until we meet again, may you be at peace. May you be at ease. And may you be free. <laughs>